Man, fuck this Knicks game. I just watched Caitlin Clark pull up from 40 casually to, to break the record. Um, like I almost want to talk about this Iowa game because that was insane. She needed eight entering the night. Welcome to the show. She got that within the first, I don't know, two minutes of the game. She she breaks the record when she pulls up from the logo. She gets to the rim, finishes through an M1. And like the next time down, she pulls up, gets hit at the three-point line, probably just as far as it was when she broke the record, knocks down the shot in an incredible four-point play. And she's on her way to shatter the over-under from tonight's game, which I have her at 37.5 over. This this chick is unbelievable, and she's going to save women's basketball. She's going to save the WNBA. That was insane. I, I just got done watching the first, most of the first half of that Iowa-Michigan game, and, and Caitlin Clark is like, there's a reason I'm a big fan of her. She is unbelievable, man, and she's fun to watch. That whole Iowa team's good, but she is just, that was incredible. Um, yeah, Caitlin Clark broke, broke the record. She needed eight. And she she's and she got it like again uh, two minutes in, incredible. Um, hi everybody, episode six twenty seven. We're unfortunately going to talk about the Knicks, which entering All Star break on a very bad, very sorry note. Um, they're in tough shape right now with the injuries, so we'll talk about last night's Magic game, uh, more so about what's to come with this Knicks team after All Star break. And then some. So we'll talk right now, episode 627 of BD4. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's get to it. Anthony for three. get right into this episode 627 welcome to the show i'm your host rj carbone you are listening to episode 627 of bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also do mma yanks every series knicks every game mma on occasion talking new york knicks in this episode and uh, the knicks took a tough loss against the magic Last night in Orlando at MSG South, um, one eighteen one hundred was the final score. Um, you know the Knicks without the usuals uh, plus Dante Divincenzo and Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, so Randall, OG, Mitch, Iheart, 
Dante and Bogey all out. Um, <laughs> that's like, yeah, six-eighths of their playoff rotation right there. Um, for Orlando, Fultz didn't play. Gary Harris didn't play. Suggs did not play. Um, and the Knicks actually got off to a good start. They fooled us in the first quarter, you know. Jalen Brunson getting MVP chance at MSG South. Um, he was very good. The defense was bad early, early, but then it started to pick it up. Brunson got even hotter, and, I mean, <laughs> 20 points in the first for Brunson, and he helped the Knicks get off to a 36-27 start. Second quarter, the Knicks kind of get slapped around, man. That's when it started. As soon as Brunson left the floor, the Knicks get bitched without him. They give up the lead ASAP, that big 17-0 run, I think it was, and comes back in, didn't change much by that point. It's 65-55 Orlando at the half. And then the second half, I got to be honest with you, I just completely tuned out. It was background noise for a little while, but like by the time we got into the fourth quarter midway through, I turned it off. I went to get my DoorDash food. I hung out. Like I, I wasn't even fucking paying attention. So the game ended 118-100. Um in a another purgatory type game for the Knicks, if you want to call it that, undermanned. Um, listen, I know they're undermanned. All right, um, I know they're probably gassed, but this this effort is like these games have been. They're, they're some bad blowouts, um, bad play, bad brand of basketball. They're zero and four in their last four. They they've dropped five out of six. They don't look like an NBA team at times when you take Brunson off the floor. And, like, that was supposed to... That's what this trade was supposed to help us with. Um, obviously, he didn't have bo bogey in this game, but we'll get to Burks. Uh, we'll certainly get to him. But it's tough to lose. I don't like... <clears throat> I don't like losing any game, okay? But, like, people... I, I get it. People are treating these games like... They don't mean much because we're hurt, but they still mean very much in the seedings. And you look at what happened last night. Well, Orlando with that win, that helped them. Indiana, Cleveland, and Orlando have the same amount of losses. So that's your six, seven, eight seeds. Indiana won last night. The Cavs won last night. The only good thing the Knicks got last night was Miami defeating Philly. Um, But they got to be careful, man. You know, and and no, it's not everybody's coming back at the same time. Uh, and right after All Star break, you're going to have, you know, injuries. Still, you're not going to have Randall OG. Probably, you're not going to have you know Mitch. You're still going to be without some guys, some pretty damn important pieces. And the Knicks in this game, they just looked absolutely horrendous. Um, their defense was bad once again. Uh, it's been trending downwards with with the more injuries we get. Uh, they allowed 118 points on 63% from the field, 46% from three, 72% from two, 91% at the free throw line. Again, I get you're undermanned. That shouldn't be happening. Paolo Boncaro last night had his way. 36 points. He was 75% from the floor, 6 out of 10 from 3. Didn't need a single free throw attempt to score those 36 points. He was killing the Knicks. The Knicks, I thought, were very slow, closing out off pick and roll. You know, I think Hart had a tough game. 
Um, I think the Knicks were going under way too much. Precious was bit at least four or five times um, dropping below the level. Just felt like every time Paolo got past the point of attack and got to the middle, the Knicks had no presence to stop him off dribble penetration at the rim. Taj provided zero rim protection. I, like, what, he played nine minutes last night? Maybe less? Nine minutes too much. Like, he's not an NBA player. He has to play at this point because Tom Thibodeau loves him, so he signed him to that, te- you know, he, the front office signed him to that 10-day deal. But he's not an NBA player, man. And it's getting, like, it's getting very sad to watch. You know, he, the Pacer game, he was kind of holding his abdomen. He was cramping the entire game. Last night, he's holding his back all night. He's hauling ass going up and down. Like He's got no more cardio. He can't get above the rim. It's tough to watch him, and I cringe every time he has minutes. Um, not the same player he was when he helped us in the We Here season. Um, Jericho Sims, I actually thought he was like the only Nick Big to do a decent job on Paolo, um, even though he was like Paolo's just too good, and he beat Jericho with dribble moves and fakes to create separation anyway. But I didn't think Sims was terrible, but for the most part, the Nick Biggs had issues. Um, the Nick's second unit had trouble stopping ball handlers. Alec Burks had a tough defensive game. And I kind of want to talk about Alec Burks because um, that's getting a little bit louder. It, it, it Should it? Should it not? Up to you, but like... It's a conversation right now people are starting to have. Um, and I, I want to talk about that here when we return from our first break. So stay with us real briefly. We'll be back, and then we'll start talking about Alec Burks. Hey there. Thanks for listening in so far. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks so much. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Alec Burks, people are concerned. I'm a little concerned. Uh, he was he was very bad in this game. Um, with the Knicks this year, so far he's not been good. Um, his best game was his first game but that was like when he scored 15 of his 22 points in garbage time. Uh, but so far with the Knicks, across three games, he scored a total of 40 points on 38 shots. He's shooting 30% from two. Only has three assists in each of these games, total, versus five total turnovers. And he is so far a minus 35. Net negative. So, watching him, like, Alec Burke's pick and rolls are going nowhere right now. Like, there's just, there's so much dribbling. So much dribbling and unnecessary isolations. I, I don't know what he's thinking out there. He's, he's taking 
bad contested shots, out of rhythm shots, heat checks. He's settling, right? He's not even attacking closeouts, putting the ball on the floor and slashing. Like that, that was never a big part of his game. Um, but at least like in his first tenure with the Knicks, he would keep the defense honest by getting to the rim every now and then. Settling a lot. Um, like the very second, the very second that Brunson left the floor to begin the second quarter, Burks with the second unit, you saw the issues. Orlando goes on that 17-0 run, and they never looked back from there. And it was just very reminiscent of the 2021-22 Alec Burks that we saw, his second year before he parted. Um, And it's just, you know, it's getting me thinking again, is this guy better off in that off-guard role where he's... A weak side option. Guy who's going to come off spot ups and shoot. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt right now because, again, it's been three games. Three. Three games. And it's been three games with all these reserves, right? I want to see what Alec Burks looks like in a full rotation when he's got some offensive weapons around him, when he's got staggered lineups and he can play with different guys and He's got pick-and-roll weapons, and he's got DHO hubs like Randall and iHeart to play off of. I want to see what he looks like with rim protection behind him. So, you know, you can afford his defensive issues at the point of attack, right? Um, Which has been bad. His defense has been bad. Uh, And remember, like, we have to remember this. Come playoff time, you're only going to see 12 to 15 minutes, if even, of Alec Burks. Um, and not all of those 12, 15 minutes will be as the pick and roll initiator. Right? It's not going to be like 21, 22, where he was the starting point guard for 30 minutes a game eventually. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's just shaking off the Detroit Pistons in him, right? Coming off a team with no system, no world plan out there. Has to readjust here and. You know, at the end of the day, like, he's he's the best option we have. The deadline's over, and Deuce is not a point guard. Burks isn't a point guard either, but Burks is best suited to play that point guard role. Deuce McBride, we know, is too slow to get into sets. We know he's got a weak handle. He's not a pick-and-roll guard. So we're going to have to live with it for now and just wait until we get healthy and see what he looks like then. Then I'll draw my legitimate conclusions on if Alec Burks should be on the ball as much as he's been. Um, Brunson continues to play well, and I'm going to hand him the game ball from the starters. Bing bang! Brunson last night, 33 points, 6 assists, couple steals, 11-21 shooting, 5-8 for eight from 3. That was nice to see the 3-point kind of make a comeback after he's been struggling without Julius. Um, Brunson had a huge first quarter to give the Knicks hope there with, again, 20 points. Um, But again, when he left the game in the second quarter, it all fell apart. I was actually kind of stunned that Tibbs didn't put him back in after the initial timeout in the second quarter. 
right? I got like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes into the second. The Knicks are getting ripped apart. And I think Orlando scored nine straight at that point, only nine straight. Tibbs calls a timeout, but after the break, Brunson does not come back in. Um, comes back in a few minutes after that, but by then it's kind of looking grim. Um, and the Knicks, from the second quarter on, were outscored 91-64, 27-point deficit. So that's tells you all you need to know about Brunson's greatness, right? And he's still finding ways to get to his spots. I mean, you had the magic trapping and blitzing him with doubles right out the gate. Um, but he was still getting to his spots eventually. You know, when he kicked out, when he swung to the perimeter, his weak side targets failed him, and he had to just revert to feeding his bigs. But he got the damn thing done, still at 33-6 and six at the end of the day uh, for his 23rd game ball of the season. So good for Jalen Brunson. Um, as we go to the bench, this was tough to really figure out who I'm going to give it to, but I, I gave it to Deuce McBride. Um, eight points, two steals, knocked down a three on three attempts. He was better than the numbers looked. Um, still kind of process of elimination because I couldn't give it to Toppin. I couldn't give it to Taj. Um, I, I thought he was okay last night. He was okay in pick and roll. You know, he was searching for kickouts off drives a little bit. You know, I thought his defense was fine. Cole Anthony got the better of him, but he's a pretty good offensive player and I, I thought Deuce was fine, you know. Um, something to look out for. His three-point shooting has tapered off a little bit, but I still trust him as a three-point shooter. That's why he is in the league, because he's a 3 and D type. Um, but yeah, Deuce McBride continuing to play well. Nine-game balls now for the Knicks. Very quietly creeping up there. Um, so a good game for Deuce, an okay game for Deuce. I kind of want to talk, go from point guard to center. Because this is a conversation that's also getting louder at the moment. Um, And I want to talk about this conversation. I want want to bring this topic up for a couple minutes here before, um, right after we return from our second break. Regarding the big man rotation and and what to do in the summer. Stay with us. We'll talk more about that in one second. You can follow us on social media as well. On Instagram, we're at BD4Pod and at Rob J. Carbone. On X, we're at BD4Pod and at RJCBD4. And on Facebook, we're BD4. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Yeah, the, um, who gets paid, right? Like when Mitch went down, Isaiah Hartenstein was playing, and he still is. He's playing so well, he's kind of making Mitch look a little expendable. Precious Achua comes in here. Struggles his first week or whatever it was, you know, needs to adjust to where he is. And now he's killing it. He's on a tear. Um, He's getting starters minutes. He's getting 40 plus minutes a night now. And he's making Isaiah Hartenstein look expendable. 
<laughs> like the kid's playing his ass off. He had 23 points last night, 14 rebounds, five assists. Eight points per game with the Knicks, seven rebounds per game, and he's been a plus two. Like I've been saying, give Tom Thibodeau a big and he will work wonders. Doesn't matter who it is, he'll do wonders with you. And now you're looking at it, and the good thing is both Hartenstein and Precious Achiwa are under team control this offseason. Um... With iHeart, the Knicks can use his bird rights and pay him, I think, $16 million a year is going to be something what the salary is. With Precious, the Knicks can match whatever offer he gets. Um, maybe the Knicks can acquire him in a sign-in trade because personally, listen, like the Knicks have to get their cap situation under control. They're, you know, very close, like they're, they're trying hard to stay under the tax and you can't tie up all this money into three big men. I think what's going to happen, we've mentioned this plenty, Mitchell Robinson probably gets moved this summer. Um, I, I just, I think this has been coming. Um, you've been hearing about this for a little here and there, but like the current, front office doesn't even value their own picks. Why would they value a pick from the previous regime? Leon Rose is definitely going to go star chasing this summer. Mitchell Robinson's making decent sized money and it's a team friendly descending contract. So it can be used. Um, And, you know, with, with the Knicks looking for that star, You've been hearing the Donovan Mitchell rumors ever since he was really moved to Cleveland. There are reports that came out earlier today. By the way, today, as I'm recording this, it's Thursday the 15th, February. That Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram will probably be split up this summer. That was a report that came out today by NBA Central. So I'm very curious. I'm really curious to see where Precious fits on this team because he's best as a backup four, right? He's not a five in any way. He's way too undersized. He's best in a switch-everything defense. When everybody's healthy, if everybody gets healthy, what role does Precious have, right? And... We'll, we'll talk about that in a second when we go over the rotations and what to expect from in, in the rotations when everybody's healthy. Um, and like I keep saying, when, if, 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 if it is for me. Like, listen, my, my current viewpoint as a natural pessimist, it, it's hard for me to get very high on this team right now. Like, regarding 2024. Uh, it, it's just... Like, going from the ultimate high in January to now the ultimate low for, you know, obviously, relatively speaking, regarding this season, like, it's just been a polar opposite. We were on top of the world in January, right? Even the first couple days of February, we win 15 out of 17, nine in a row, and like, wow, things were amazing. We're a half game out of second place at the time. 
And now we get to this month. We got all these injuries piling up. We're, we're losing a lot of games. And it's just the polar opposites. It's the two extremes that we just want to back-to-back like that, in succession, month-to-month. And now it just feels like it's a little too good to be true, where everyone is expected back before the season ends and with enough time to gel before the playoffs and then get hot again. It's like it's the Yankees fan PTSD kicks in. It's like on paper, it looks all good. It seems like it's great. Will we ever see this team 100% healthy? You know, it's hard to think positively as a Yankees fan when I see stuff like this happen. Um, Maybe the All-Star break helps them. Maybe the All-Star break helps me. Maybe in a couple days from now, I have a clear mind and I'm like, all right, this, this can happen. Right? Because the more optimistic viewpoint is telling you none of these injuries are long-term. It's just like a lot of these are just one and done. Like Mitchell Robinson is progressing and everything we're hearing says he's going to start on-court activities next week after break. Right? So that's a return to the NBA court maybe late March, which will get him, that I would say that'd give him 10-ish games to prepare and get his feet wet. With Julius Randle, he's expected to be reevaluated February 22nd. That's a week from now, the third week. That's the third week when he's supposed to get reevaluated, right? It's also the very day the Knicks return from break and play Philly, in Philly. Today is actually the two-week mark, uh, and reports say that the Knicks executives are pretty confident and excited about him making a return, so that's good. So let's say at worst, it's an early March return for Julius. OG Ananobi, you're not getting a ton of updates there, but it's that's because it seems like it's a basic procedure. That he got the surgery. He's targeted to return a similar date. Uh, as Randall, early March. And then you've got Isaiah Hartenstein, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Dante DiVincenzo. They're all expected to be back by that Philly game on the 22nd. Um, iHeart is obviously the most concerning of those three. He's just going to have to maintain that Achilles the rest of the season. But the other two, I I think, were more just precautionary and fine. They'll be back. So... That's like the optimistic viewpoint is that everybody will be back by those times. And I don't really want to get into like, is it Tibbs's fault? Cause we've already gone over that. Is it nobody's fault? Like it's a little bit of both, right? I think the Randall injury, the Mitch injury, the OG Anilobi injury, the Boyan injury, that's none of that is on Tibbs. Um, I think those are free. Uh, I think those are freak accidents. You know, I think Randall, Late in the game, double figures, I get that. It's against the Heat. You're on national TV. It's modern NBA. You're trying to fucking win this thing. Anything it takes. I'm not blaming Tom Thibodeau for that. And then the Anilobi injury, the the Boyan injury, they've dealt with the same injury. Uh, OG had the, the elbow problems earlier this season. And Bojan, before he was moved to the Knicks, just before he was traded to the Knicks, sat out a couple games with calf injuries. Uh, And then Mitch was a freak accident. Like The two that you can pin on Tom Thibodeau and say it's Tom Thibodeau-related are 
the overuse injuries with Dante DiVincenzo and Isaiah Hartenstein, right? The hamstring and the Achilles. Um, and it's not so much the total minutes they're playing. It's kind of like the minutes pattern, right? Playing these guys a quarter and a half straight, right? So I get some of it, man. I just, I don't think it's all on Tom Thibodeau. Sorry. Um, so like, I, I think, I, I wonder what future rotations are going to look like. I, and I'm sure many other, would love to see a 10-man when everybody's healthy, right? Now, you look at the longer-term injuries, like OG, Randall. Let's say they they don't both return at the same time. Let's say, like, if one of OG or Randall are back first, the rotation probably goes to nine. Right, your first unit is going to be Brunson, Dante, Hart, OG, or Randall, and then I Hart. And then your second unit will feature Burks, Deuce, Bogey, and Precious, with your 10th man being Jericho. Now, when both Randall and OG are back, and I'm having a feeling they're going to be back in early March, let's say, I have a feeling they're going to be back around the same time if they get back. Um, I think it's still going to be nine. I think it's Brunson, Dante, OG, Randall, iHeart, obviously. And then your second unit, I have a feeling Tibbs is going to go Burks, Hart, Bogey, Precious. Yeah. And then your 10th man would be Deuce. But I would, I would, I really want them to try their best to play Deuce. Like it's hard to justify sitting Deuce McBride. I would hope that Deuce is still ahead in the pecking order of Jericho Sims. At that point, I don't love three big lineups, but I could definitely see Tibbs using Jericho as the nine point five man because those lineups where he plays bigs together, they have worked and. You could probably justify it now that the Knicks have spacers and shooters um, even more. So I, I have a feeling it's going to be a nine-man when Randall and OG are back and Deuce is going to be cut out. Or he'll be the 9.5 and won't get many minutes. I, I would love for him to run a full 10, trust me. But that's when it gets like that's when it gets tough because when everybody's healthy, if, if, if everybody gets healthy, you almost have to run 10. It's like, why wouldn't you want to use your depth? Right? Because if we're talking to everybody, Randall, OG, Mitch, like your first unit's going to be Brunson, DiVincenzo, OG, Randall, and let's say they ride with iHeart. Then your second unit, it's probably going to be Hart, Burks, Bogey, and Mitch. And then it's like, well, then you have three reserves you could use. Because sitting at the back end of that bench, not playing, would be Deuce, Jericho, and Precious. Right? So the good thing about being fully healthy, other than being fully healthy, is that you have depth at wing to not have to overuse Josh Hart, 
hopefully Hart, who I consider a less is more type of player, gets closer to 20, 25 minutes than the 35, 40 minutes he's been playing. Right? And now you're going to have more spacing above the break next to Brunson actions. The defense can't help onto Brunson pick and roll. They can't hedge. But it still makes things complicated to find minutes for other guys. You're really just going to cut Deuce McBride out with how good his defense and his shot making has been? It's been so valuable to you. Precious Achua, his rebounding, his switchability, his defense at four has been way too valuable to just cut out of the rotation. And then you talk about when the playoffs come and if they're healthy. It probably cuts down even more. That's when you're probably thinking that Burks and Bogey are going to lose some minutes and Tibbs goes to eight, eight and a half. So it's a good thing to have depth. But I'm wondering if Tibbs is going to make the right moves. Who are going to be the .5 men? Who are going to be the guys that get completely cut out? Will he cut anyone out? Will he expand the rotation? I don't see that. I don't think he's ever shown us anything that... I mean, he had, like, last year, before the Knicks went on their run, from, you know, October to mid-December, he ran a 10. And then he took Fournier and Derek Rose out. And that's when he cut it to nine. So maybe, maybe he's willing. Um, But let's get back to the present. We're, we're not there yet. I mean, we just got off a game where... What did Tibbs run last night? Fucking basically seven. So the Knicks go into break, losing four in a row and five out of six. I guess big picture wise, you can say my like. They're still the number four seed. They're 33 and 22. Two games out of third place. Four games out of second place. Uh, a half game from fifth place and two and a half from sixth place. So it's like, I'm just concerned about the injury thing more than anything. I hope that everybody does come back in time when they're supposed to. And I would love for the Knicks to still get a home court seat. Top four. We will find out. We will certainly find out. Um, It's going to be tough to me. It's going to be very tough for them. I think, any of these teams are capable of jumping the Knicks just because of the injuries. I could see Indiana doing so. I could see even Orlando doing so. And it bothers me so much that the Knicks are, what, one and six against both of those teams? <laughs> because they've been banged up in just about every one of them. But, um, shit, man. I hate going into All-Star break on a bad note. Uh, but, We'll see. I, I think that's it. Um, hopefully things get better. But the Knicks enter the break in sorry shape right now. They just need to get healthy. So that's what they need to focus on. Um, knowing our luck, Jalen Brunson sprains his fucking ankle in the All-Star game. Please, <laughs> should have even said that. Please be okay. I, I just want, like, whoever, who, who's, Doc Rivers is coaching. Great. The coach of... One of the teams were trying to jump. I, I, I don't, don't, don't overuse them. Don't play them 40 minutes. All right, let's head to our final breaks. Get back, wrap it up with our trivia. That'll be that. Stay with us.
right here on BD4. Be right back. If you're interested in our website, just go to www.bd4blog.com. You can subscribe to our blog on there right on the front page. Just like on the podcast, we cover Yankees, Knicks, and MMA. Also on our website are the links to the different platforms for the podcast. Thanks so much. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Thanks for listening to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, and MMA on occasion. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's get to our trivia. Okay, so for this episode, we will wrap this up with a true or false. True or false. It's been at least 10 years since the Knicks were swept by the Magic in a regular season series. Is that true or false? It's been at least 10 years since the Knicks were swept by the Magic in a regular season series. Let me know the answer. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me here. Episode 627 is in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And uh, we will be doing some Yankees in the very near future. We're going to have some season preview episodes, some spring training talk. Coming very soon, hopefully with a guest or two, maybe three. We're going to try to get a few guests on. Um, so look forward in the, in the coming weeks, week or two, maybe coming days. I have to figure out my schedule. But very soon, this month for sure, talking New York Yankees as they start up camp and things start ramping up and guys are coming in and, and you know certain guys look good. So we'll see what happens this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll be doing more Yankees in the coming episodes. Maybe... You know, during this all-star break, we'll have this, we'll have something out for you. So look forward to that here on the podcast. But as for this episode of BD4, episode 627, I appreciate you tuning in. And that's all we got. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there. If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.